1: Hey, it's C Sparky, Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with uh, our guy, Dwight Albright, the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Uh, Of course, Phil Brilo, $2.00 Phil on your screen. He is here as well. Uh, And of course, a longtime guy with PBA Tour, watched all of his streaming events and so forth with PBA Tour, PBA 50, and uh, does a lot of regional work uh, as well. Uh, Let's get into some topics. Episode 2. Uh, episode one, I think, went really well last week. I Got a lot of positive feedback on episode one. That was good. Oh, hold on. Media sets so always.
2: Yeah, lots of chatter on social media, yeah. like you said, Phil, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's starting to it snowball again. You know, when we had a couple of years off there, and now people are starting to pick it back up. And, you know, the best part is, is that it's it's not your everyday topics that we're talking about. You know, we're mixing it up. We went back last week about the PBA tour. Now we're going to look towards the future this week. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm happy that I remembered uh,
1: to be here. Uh, the appropriate time to record uh, because i've not had a good week with my memory currently uh, i took the uh six-year-old to uh bowling he does bumper bowling on saturday mornings like probably a lot of kids do yeah. uh and we always sit. i always sit at the same table as his teammates mom because they're like little best friends type deal um so we sit there and we talk the whole time so we get all done with bowling uh so the the two six-year-olds and the mom they go one way towards uh, the exits. I go another way towards the bar because he had lemonade and a water. So I put that back up on the bar so they didn't have to clear the table. And then I walked out. I get to the end of the bar right by the exit door. And the mom goes, um, don't forget your baby. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> So then I had to go back oh, and, and, and get the baby in the stroller. So that was episode one. Episode two. Oops. Oh, no, it gets better. Episode two comes yesterday. We have one car in our family right now because our other car uh, is pretty much dead sitting in our garage, we're gonna have to donate it or something, probably rawhide. But yeah. anyways, so we have one car. So I'm at home, got the kids at home and I have to go pick up the girl from work, right? right. Couldn't find the car keys, couldn't find them. I was I was literally getting ready to sit down and cry because of everything going on that I couldn't find the car keys. Literally, and I'm talking six year old. that's not funny they, though. they were in okay. the door what happened? I didn't take him out. I'm like, well, I don't remember taking him out. We looked everywhere. We moved shoes. We looked under couches. Uh, we looked in couch sofa cushions. We looked everywhere we could find, think of, and we couldn't find them. So her boss gave her a ride back home because he drives past our house to go home, thankfully. Okay. And he Thank had, God for that. thankfully left yeah. at the same time she did at closing. So she comes home and she could tell that I was just <laughs> fried at it. Right. So sure enough, she goes screwing around. And we take the baby to a sitter when I'm at work all day and she's at work all day, which was the the case yesterday. And she puts her breast milk into these containers and it's in this like little cooler bag. Well, I must have at some point taken the keys out and put them in the outer pouch of the cooler bag and forgot I put them there. And that's where they were. She came home. She's going through everything. She gets the cooler bag, turns it around and boom, there they were.
2: Felt like an idiot. I, oh, I think we should get Air Tags for Sparky for his birthday. Not yeah. done.
3: Not done. <laughs> I just was oh, going to say, here's our next million dollar idea. We come up, you know, those tiles. Yeah. We just come up with a smaller one that you can attach to, like the back of your key, you, or your child.
1: Right. Yeah, they have ones that you get or, or your child. So that was episode. <laughs> right, that was episode, thirty feet from the child. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was episode two yesterday. Right. Episode three also yesterday. Oh, also yesterday, you didn't have a very good yesterday. Well, well, bowling was Saturday. Then yesterday I lost the keys. <laughs> then we find the keys. So now it's it's a Monday nights our busy night. I got to take uh, the six year old to religion class at the uh, the church up the street right for an yeah. hour six thirty seven thirty. I got to take the fifteen year old to his baseball practice over at Hitters in Caledonia. I live in Oak Creek over to Caledonia. So on Mondays. Drop off the six-year-old at religion class. I scoot out to hitters, drop him off, turn around, come back, pick up the six-year-old from religion class, and then go back out for the last hour of baseball practice and bring my computer and do work while he finishes baseball practice. Okay, so I go, I drop off the six-year-old. I come home, get the 15-year-old, take him out, drop him off, get out of the car, put my computer bag on. I'm walking in. He looks at me he goes, "Um, you have to go pick up Jackson. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> Yeah, sure enough, the six-year-old can't, can't leave him at church. <laughs> Better get back in the car and go and turn around and come back home. I'm telling you, y'all, I, I may just forget just what I'm doing at some point.
3: And if right. that happens, just keep talking. Christmas present, Activia, or whatever they call it for the – What is it? Uh, something for the brain to keep your brain going, Activia or whatever. Is that it's what called? it's called? Is that yeah, a thing? I, I think it is, yeah.
2: There's something out there. I yeah. see yeah. commercials for right. or, yeah. Supplements to help supplements brain health for, right. or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> things,
1: things
3: are not good in my brain right now. Things are not good. Well, uh, I When you got that much going on, I just, like, write it all down in my notepad or my calendar on my phone so it beeps up need to pick jackson up at this time I need to do this yeah. at this time i mean it, it does help dude it wasn't that long i <laughs> drove from the church to the baseball practice i, I should have, have known I to go, to go
1: back i just totally forgot by the time i got there it is bad almost forgot the baby at the bowling <laughs> alley an eye on him for years yeah. things,
3: future things are not good
1: <laughs> things are not good uh, all right. Let's talk about the PBA. Uh, and thankfully uh, they are on the uptick right now. Mm-hmm. The faces of the PBA tour. Who are they? Uh, that is topic mm-hmm. number one today. Current or future. And <laughs> right now, currently yeah. the face of the PBA. And the reason I bring it up is because last week we talked about it, right? We talked mm-hmm. about Pete Weber um, and, and, how I was saying, they need to keep him attached because he's definitely that guy still with the PBA tour, even though he's now retired off of the PBA tour and he's bowling PBA 50, but he's still the face. He's still the guy that everybody recognized. Mm-hmm. We talked about Kyle true yes. uh, last week as well as about, you know, a few years ago. I mean, Matt for old afternoon show host here in Milwaukee, uh, seeing him on TV at score North of Minneapolis. Uh, and they started following him on the replays and then got him on, on the radio to interview him. Yeah. So that's who he, you know, puts together in his brain with the PBA yes. tour is Kyle true. And then, of course, there's Jason Belmonte, who kind of was the whole reason the PBA kind of got up and going again a little bit because of the two-handed bowling thing. Ended up on ESPN when he first broke out onto the tour and so forth and kind of started building momentum. And he's damn good. He Mm -hmm. wins a lot and has won a lot over his career. He's a Hall of Famer type bowler. Uh, He's got a little bit of a a swag and Mm -hmm. an attitude to him that obviously... Uh, doesn't mesh with all bowlers, and has had his run-ins with Sean Rash over the time and the rivalries, which I think are good for sports. Uh, the rivalry with Rash o- over that whole time. So I think Belmonte uh, is another guy. But now again, that that's Belmonte was that guy, you know, three years ago for sure. He was mm-hmm. kind of that face of the tour. Right. Troop back then, you know, when this all was going on, he was definitely another guy that was an up-and-comer and so forth. The young guns we called him. Mm-hmm. He was another one of those guys. Okay, so now here we sit, three, four years later, 2023, and we ended the show in 2019. Phil Brylow, I'll go to you first. Faces, I, I of, the PBA, my, faces of the PBA answers. Tour, because, I mean, you're at these PBA Tour events. You have been for the last couple yeah. of
2: years. Yeah, where Who, lot more who are the me. fans gravitating to? Well, it's still Belmo. I mean, first and foremost, no doubt, his presence on social media, he's all over. He's always posting. Uh, he may still be my fourth favorite Australian bowler of all time, but he's number one in a lot of people's hearts. There's one no doubt about second. it. Yeah. I, I, fourth. Well, one, one second. Yeah.
1: You did that on purpose. Cause you knew I would jump right. in. So, okay. So go ahead and tell me who are the other ones.
2: Okay. Number three is Andrew Frawley. He was one of the first guys from Australia to come over and bowl on the PBA tour. Never heard of him. Yeah. Go ahead. Didn't do well. He made a couple of TV shows back in the day. Uh, number two is Carol Giannotti. She was a oh, yeah. great player on the PWBA tour back in the heard. day. Yep. And number one is Kara Honeychurch. She was a yep. lefty, lefty. Yep. nicknamed her the Doomsday Striking Machine, kind of like Earl Anthony. That's and 90s. when she was over in the in late 90s and early yep. 2000s, she was phenomenal on the PWBA Tour. And yep. now she's in charge of 10-pin Australia. So yep. she's like the head of their USBC. I'm pretty down there. sure
1: you could, get, you could put those three people's name down oh, on I've, a sheet of paper, give them to the 50,000 people, yeah. and I bet you less than five would know who they are. I wouldn't even say
2: five. I bet you two. <laughs> I'd say two. There's one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're
1: the you're right. the bowling I'm door. The nerd. <laughs> yes, I yeah. get it. I'm right. just saying in general. Now, and again, I'm not going to tell you who you well, can be a fan of, who you can't right. be a fan of. It's, I was just curious because Belmont right. is like
3: literally the only one I think I know from well, Australia. that's when yeah. they had a huge run of the ladies on TV every week. Right. Also. So you got household names.
2: Yeah. Right. It, so it was, it was easy for the women not back
3: then to be the household
2: name. Nowadays, you're going to see the women on CBS Sports Network next year three times in the season. Right. You can't get a female to be in the same position that a Belmo or or a Kyle Troop or a Darren Tang or or the House or any of these people can be in because they don't have both the TV presence and then turn that into the social media presence to really turn it up. But
1: that's fine. But back then, they weren't allowed to be on the men's tour, I don't believe, on the PBA Tour Bowl and events. Now
2: they are. And that is a huge difference as well. But even back in the day, the PWBA Women's Series back in 07, 08, 09, they still weren't. Liz Johnson, maybe. Would oh, be the household name everybody remember, but that's but that's about it. C2B, yeah. of who yeah.
1: was the one that you liked that you had the crush on back in the day? Oh god, I forgot. One of the many.
2: No, no, there was uh, one
1: specific Colombian. that that she Clara Guerrero. Yeah, Clara Guerrero. That's yeah, right. who it. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very nice lady. Interviewed yeah. Yeah. Her before. Yeah. Very so. nice. Very
3: nice in many ways. Yes. Yes. Oh, just <laughs> enough of that. All right, go back to you and well, face the PBA okay. tour. Phil. Well, I got one more Australian to add. If forgetting another one, I got to Sam Cooley.
2: Well, I said favorites. He's number five. Okay. Sam's actually in the States right now getting ready for the PBA tour. I saw this last weekend. he was bowling in New York state and he won a tournament. Nice. I was out there for, for like, it was only about five grand, but Hey, it's up and pay for the plane tickets and everything else getting over here. But he's over Incredible here early talent. because he didn't have the 2022 he looked for. He won his first title in 2021. Right. And 2022 wasn't a good year for him. So he got here early so he can get ready and he's really dedicating himself, you know, Maybe more people know of him after the 23 season. Who knows? But, right. you know, he's out there a little bit on social media,
3: but not to the point of
1: TV.
2: Yeah, not to the point of a Belmo
3: or yeah. right.
1: All right. So, behind, besides Belmonte, face of the PBA tour that you see when you're out, Belmonte's one.
2: Who after that is it when people come out to watch these guys? I mean, Troops Two, any of the guys really now in the house or the Tang brothers and Chris Vi, that's pretty close to three because of the huge social media presence. You'll see the older, a lot of the older players, other than. You know, watching Belmonte for a while. You know, they kind of go to the Barneses and that kind of guy. The kids, man, they're out there watching the Tangs and yep. Brad Miller and Kyle Sherman and stuff like that because they see them all the time on social media. Yeah, he brings yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like- it's phenomenal how these guys have driven, uh, not just what they do, you know, for for exposure, but the house with with they sell T-shirts and you can be part of Brad and at Kyle's. Events. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, not at events, but you can buy them online. Why wouldn't you sell them at events? Well. I'm sure it's something with the PBA marketing, with you know being able to sell in the center because the it's PBA sells their own merchandise again. in the center. Yeah. So maybe if they, you know,
3: did cut a licensing deal with the PBA and and sell the stuff in the booth, and yeah, wouldn't it be a great show to watch on TV if you have just all the fans in the crowds with different T-shirts with their favorite players on there?
1: Yeah. I, I I'm befuddled. We'll get Tom Clark on eventually, and <laughs> yeah, I sure understand. It's, it's, it's probably not well, Tom. It's probably not Tom Clark's. Deal anyhow, because I think it's somebody else that's marketing. But either way, but this is this is what I don't understand.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed one hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage.
1: Okay. So you say PBA licensed. Right. I say who cares? Because this is the thing. Like, if you're trying to grow the sport, if that's the plan here is to grow the sport, I don't know how much those bowlers made last year. Can you look it up? Can you find that quick? Yeah. I can look up and see Sherman and Tang and these guys, how much money they made last year. And I'm guessing it's not a ton. So if if these guys have that big a following and if people are buying tickets and you're because listen, for, for those of you that have never been to a PBA event, it's kind of like think of golf, right? So, if you've ever seen golf on TV, how there's galleries of people following around a golfer, right? So, Tiger Woods has people go from hole to hole mm-hmm. with him all the way through. Well, he did. I'm sure he probably still does, but go hole to hole, right? So, your better golfers get those guys that follow them around bowling is kind of the same way right you get into the bowling alley and you want to go and we're talking about qualifying and stuff like that you want to go to whatever lanes your favorite bowler is on right Not uh, follow because, them right if you're right. going to a uh, the the tv final well, then no there's only one place to sit and it is where you are but if you go you know the couple days leading up to qualifying and stuff you're going to find where your favorite bowler is and you're going to meander down there get yourself a beverage or two uh maybe some frozen pizza or whatever and You're gonna watch your favorite bowlers bowl and watch the intermingling of the bowlers and all of that type of stuff. See, that's the other thing people don't understand. Like it's so much different to go to a Mm -hmm. PBA event or a PGA event more so, and probably better for the PBA because there's not as many people, because you can hear the discussions and the conversations. If two bowlers have an issue, you can hear it if you're standing behind the lanes and qualifying. Yeah. If they're having an issue with one another, or whatever is going on. Yeah. Or if they're talking about other bowlers or they're joking around or whatever the case may be. Because you're close enough to be able to sometimes hear a lot of that interaction going on. Which I think is an, an added benefit to the tour as well. Did you find how much those guys were making? Yeah,
2: so let's look at uh, Kyle Sherman. We talked about the house. Kyle Sherman, Brad Miller. Uh, Kyle was eleventh in points. He made sixty one thousand eight hundred dollars last year. Brad Miller was twelfth in points. He made sixty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars last year. Darren Tang, like I said, biggest social media presence out there right now, over hundred thousand dollars subscribers on YouTube. Uh, Darren Tang last year twenty eighth in points, twenty seven thousand six hundred seventy five dollars. Darren Tang maybe made more money with his YouTube channel probably than he did on tour. Right.
1: See, and to me, this is the thing. So you can't control how good somebody is. Like, I can't. I can't rig the PBA. So Tang wins 10 events to to get the face of the PBA on YouTube out there in front on TV files. Right. So you can't do that one way or the other, but I certainly can figure out how to make it worth our while, even though maybe he's not as good as everybody else. If these people are coming to see him, why not? Right. I mean, you could have multiple things going on. You could be like, okay, have a conversation with him, have a meeting with him. Go look, we'll allow you to set up a table. It's called House of Bowling. You said the house they call it, yeah, them the yeah. So you can, we'll let you have a table at every event for qualifying, whatever else, but you have to man it. So, not you specifically, get something, but right, one yeah, of your people have to man right. it. We're not staffing it, yeah, right. Okay, so that, that's that's part of the deal. Uh, and we're good with it. Uh, if that's something that you want to do and let them man it themselves and run it themselves. And if you want to put in licensed merchandise, well, then. PBA has got to have to staff it
3: and then you have to come up with a split of how much you're going to give them versus how much you're going to get. Well, they, they did that have that on that last uh, show from Portland, Maine. I mean, everyone in the crowd was wearing the PBA certification league program. shirt T-shirts.
2: Oh yeah. They were throwing those out in the crowd. Like they were candy. Oh, absolutely.
3: Because if you go to a, and again, I haven't been to one in, you
2: know,
1: since prior to COVID, but if you went to NASCAR race, They oh, have yeah. their
2: trailers set yes, up
1: everywhere, everywhere for every driver. Yep. Yep. And then they have autograph signings at different times at the different trailers. Yes. And they have all this merchandise for all these, the, these different NASCAR drivers. Right. What does Boeing do similar to that?
2: Nothing. But you look at every one of those NASCAR haulers that are selling merchandise. Every one of those things on there has that little NASCAR logo that they're getting sure. a cut for. And the There's PBA can do the same thing. That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah. The PBA should have T-shirts or something mm-hmm. with... I don't know. Figure out what you want it to be. I I don't know what the number is. I don't know if it's because, you know, you don't have unlimited money, but make a deal and say, okay, the top 15 bowlers are all going to have their own, you know, shirt deals type deal with the PBA. We'll Well, make them available at, at different events or the top 10 will have different events because now, yes, the money is part of it, but now you also have, Hey, if I get a top 10, I get licensed shirts that I'm going to get a cut of next year on two. if I make right. the top 10 this year going into the following year. Now, Rash and Belmonte, if those guys are in the top 10, now they get their merchandise out there because the last time I checked, it's been a while. Okay. I can get a bowling jersey of Rash. Well, yeah. dandy. But right. when you're walking around, nobody knows what the hell that is put his picture on there and have something fun with it, a saying yeah. or whatever, or a slogan that goes with the rash, something like that. And I'll, the bowlers make an extra cut and the PBA makes
2: fun. Well, and now it's funny too, because for years it initially started with Gemini jerseys. Then for yeah. years, it was H five high five. Gear. Right, now right. it's H five G now at the end totally. of 2022, they open it up to any company. that want to pay the registration fee yeah. to be product registered. Totally. The PBA. So there's got to be yeah. eight or nine Jersey companies right now. Walter Williams jr. And his wife, fancy just started compass sportswear. That's another company that's coming in. Mm. I mean, you name, you know, H5G is still going to be doing special events, and there's going to be a lot of guys still on staff. But I am bowling and Coolwick and apparently EFA, all these companies are out there yeah, I'm now. I'm
1: thinking about this. You know, the other thing you could do, it, instead of putting it on Tang and those guys or putting it on the PBA, that could just be a requirement of a bowling center. If you're coming in, you have to staff and and run our, our table or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Now, the only problem with that is, you have to hope that they're not taking money from you when they're yeah. collecting the money for the shirts or whatever the case may be. Right. And you could really alleviate that by having a credit card swiper only. No cash allowed, mm-hmm. credit card swiper only. Yeah. And then that alleviates Great the problem of anybody possibly stealing from you. Right. But especially if you have all these companies that are involved. Yeah. And like you said, just put the PBA logo
2: on it. Right. You know, And the funniest thing too is, is there's college bowlers like at University of Nebraska, the women's NCAA team, they all have NIL deals. So they're getting money in college while for they sure. bowl. Meanwhile, the PBA guys, unless they're selling their own shirts and that kind of thing, they're not getting anything. Sean, I don't know what Sean Rash is getting off his image. I'm sure Belmo's getting enough off his image with the deals that he does with all the different sportswear companies right. and bowling ball companies and, and you know, with Storm and everything. I'm sure he's got a bunch. But if you're not in the top 20 on tour, I bet you're. You know,
3: there's there's no name image
2: like yeah. this deal for
3: you one out that there for anything. He mentioned that runs under the radar for me is Chris Fei. Chris Fei had two 300s in one season. So, while you guys were talking, a quick question. When you look at those uh, financial standings now, because he gets a $10,000 bonus for shooting 300 and TV, is that included in his yearly income? Or well, is yeah, it would have been because yeah. in, in
2: 2021, when he shot him, sure. Okay.
3: 2022,
2: Vi didn't have a good year. And now he's, he's you know, he's, it's going to be a bounce back year. So, what are we
1: talking about money wise for, say,
2: 10th? Oh, uh, we got 10th place last year. 10th in points was A.J. Johnson, but he didn't win a title. Still won ninety two thousand seven hundred dollars. Not a bad year. It's not bad. And so then if you're these top guys...
1: ten, you can be around six figures.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
1: that's without but sponsor deals and payment deals from Hammer or Storm or whatever right. you're getting paid there. Right. So we have to remember that that's not the only money. That's their tournament money. Right. But they're also making money from other aspects. I don't want people, you know, listening to the spare time bowling show going, Oh my god, you can make 25
2: G's on a tour. Why the hell is anybody bowling no. on tour? No, there's other ways of earning money as well. Right. There's Uh, guys like Sean Rash and Ryan Simonelli and a couple of the PWA pros, they're heading to Japan for a bunch of clinics in a, in in a week or two that Sean's been promoting. And they're going to make a lot of money overseas for doing the clinics on the military bases and that type of thing. Uh, AJ just didn't, you know, cash well in in the best tournaments. You go one step up on the points to Kyle troop. He went, Kyle didn't have the greatest. He didn't have a 2021 by any way, shape or form, but he still won $212,000
3: last year. Mm Yeah.
1: Yeah. And David we should like this for him. He's killing it. Right. I
3: mean, you know he's making money. Yeah. No question. That's why the whole intensity is notched up during like a Masters or the US Open or a major, let's say, because the money is just so much higher.
2: Yeah, Now it is. Yeah. yeah. Remember those couple of years, the US Open and, and the Masters paid like 30 grand for right. first. But then they kind of put the screws to the USBC and said, you want to be part of our Fox contract? Right. You want to beat these shows on TV? You're going to make it major money, and USBC stepped up and did it now with 100 grand for each. Right, which is awesome. Yeah, which I mean, that's really a sorry. season yeah. for
3: yeah. you. Just win that one tournament. I mean, that's a season for most pros. Swings your it
2: definitely frees up your swing the rest of yes, the season. Sure after does. You win right. something like that. No All doubt. right, uh, let's move on to topic
1: two. We talked about Bob Bel- Bel- Belmonte. There you go. Uh, and you know him being a face and has been a face for several years now, and he's kind of the one that kind of brought the two handed bowling phenom. Uh, mm-hmm. to the game of bowling uh, and really blew it up. I mean, like you were saying, Phil, you know, you can get water bottles and whatever else you want. And it's him, you know, kind of doing his shot with the two hands on the bowling ball. And he's kind of taking that logo and put it on everything. Brilliant. Again, making money, uh, understandably. So this is the question, the two-headed bowling era. How has it impacted the sport of bowling? Uh, Phil, I'll let you go first
2: and then we'll, we'll go to it. I think the kids are having a lot of fun with it. There's a lot of kids doing it now. We're seeing more young ladies mm-hmm. attempted to it. as so We yeah, had, uh, we, had our, we had our uh, Midwinter Classic Team Tournament at Classic Lanes Greenfield a couple of weeks ago, and we had a young, young lady from Sun Prairie High School throwing it two-handed and threw it well two-handed. Uh, there's a young lady that was near the top of the Team USA Trials this last week in Vegas at Bulls for Arkansas State, two-handed player. Phenomenal. So the kids have a lot of fun with it, and we're learning from Belmo and Asku first coming out. Back in the early Love 2000s, Austin. that everybody's worried, oh, they're going to blow out their backs. They're going to blow out their knees. Well, actually, it's probably a little less strenuous for these guys than it is for some of the one handed players, especially on the, the wrist and thumb and that type of thing. You don't hear of that many two handed players having wrist injuries, where we hear guys all the time fighting wrist and hip and everything sure. else. So,
3: all right. Yeah, uh, well, Dwight, what about my, from your my counterpoint on that comment, though? Is a lot of these two hander guys are fairly young. Yeah, you start early. Give it a few decades. You know, and so we'll see how you're talking to a guy that has a bad back, right? You know, so I, I don't think the back needs to curve at a 90 degree angle uh, to be healthy, to let it go. I think it would be one of more, more straighter vertically. So time will tell on that. Uh, but I, I still firmly, as there's nothing out right now, let's, let's give it a few decades of these guys. Let's give it 20 years or so and see what their backs are looking like. But there's still guys like Walter Williams Jr. Right. That on the PBA Price 50 it. tour that, no, it, do it Doesn't ways. just try it, uses it pretty
2: successfully. Right. I watched him back in 2019 shoot a 300 game at a PBA 50 tournament in Minnesota, two handed. Yeah, really? like two games after, he, after he changed from no. one handed, went to two handed right. and shot. So he changed that
1: late in life to the two handed. I haven't seen yep.
2: Oh, yeah. He knows it's adapted with it. Yeah, I've seen Ronnie throw it a few times on social media. I haven't yep. seen him throw it in a tournament.
3: Saw him in yep. a couple of regionals this year, but he stuck with one handed. I saw it on Facebook that I didn't he shoot 300 two handed or. Did something to me, but it made Facebook and that's where I get my information. What about from the pro shop perspective? Since you're, since you're a ball dealer guy. Correct. So one that you guys forgot about in the last segment was Anthony Simonson would have been my pick. Okay. face of the tour, especially when in the masters, so many people came in the shop after that week and it was tarnished with everything going on with the rules, but they came into me and said, what did he say afterwards? What What did it mean where he said, this one's for you, Barb, they can't stop us. They can't stop us. And of course, I had to explain to him that Barb Chrisman is Bill Chrisman's wife, right? With all the drama that was going on that week, Um, we'll get into that next segment, right? So uh, the biggest thing that we see is now finally some education, which came in about a year ago from Storm, and 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 thank you to the people at Storm that have now come up with advanced drillings and layouts for no thumb bowlers. Uh, We didn't know the math a year ago. Now we know the math, and um, so uh, Alex Hoskins came up with this uh, system called. 2LS, which stands for two handed layout system. Um, they're using the bridge of the two fingers as the center of the grip, where the center of the grip would be between the thumb and the fingers on a traditional bowler. We're able to get the bowler's axis point uh, from that point and then be able to put the pin and the mass bias in positions to create ball motion and reaction. I see y'all. This is the nerdy part I warned this you about is, in week you one. You need to have
1: the warning with the <laughs> bowling science coming right. up. Right now, people are like, what the
3: hell is he talking well, about, Sparky? There's, there's enough But just there. hang in there. There's okay. a lot of, yeah, just hang in there. Keep going. Right. Well, it, again, it gives you, now we can tell the bowler how the ball's going to react before they even throw it. We, we didn't have that man right. a year ago. It was too new. So it's the advancement in technology that excites me. Yes, I'm a numbers nerd. Always have, always so, will be.
1: Because of you now understanding that part, thanks the right.
3: Storm, right? I can give this, better service.
1: Right. So from the service standpoint, right? So before you're drilling balls like you would for a regular bowler f- yes. for these two-handed bowlers. Yes. So now that you
3: can change, how has that affected the ball that they're getting from you? We can, we can exactly match it up to the bowler's style. And, and again, the luxury of us being inside of a center is we can watch them bowl. Um, And then select the right ball for them and then select the right drilling for them where we didn't have that math a year ago. And so I'm extremely grateful to Alex Hoskins at Storm for coming up uh, with this. And uh, there's shops that have chose not to learn how to do it. And there's shops that have learned uh, to learn how to do it. Chosen not to do it. There's there's
2: several systems out there, too. There's I've seen others from other bowling, whether it's pro shop operators or that are doing their uh, own thing that are doing their own kind of thing with two handle layouts. Uh, Mo Pinnell, who uh, passed right. away during the right. pandemic, his son uh, is work has worked on a two handed system as well. Right, and so they were working. He was working out with his dad
3: before his dad. But passed we don't away have and pro shops.
1: We don't have pro shops refusing
3: to drill for two handed bowlers. Oh, God, No, no be, mean, it's not <laughs> a situation. <laughs> <where they're laughs> tell me that's not what's happening. Well, when the paperwork came in <laughs> from Storm, I I looked at it myself. A quick funny story, and I'm like, I don't have time to learn this right now. We're in the middle of Christmas to uh, tournament season. And then one of my juniors called me up and said, I want my storm trend Two ball to be drilled with five by five by four, two LS I'm on my phone going great. Now I got to learn how to do this. The video is an hour and a half in a length. junior bowler said all of that to you. Yes. That's your long lost kid. You didn't know you had well, welcome oh, to social there's, media.
1: There's a lot oh,
3: crap. of crap number nerds out there. I'm yeah. not the only one good. Yeah. For, I mean, that's awesome at yeah. that young age. So I call, I watched the video twice in a weekend called the storm rep. I said, I think I know how to do it now. It's it's different. It's a little different, and but I said I need to understand the numbers. I need to understand the math. Uh, there's again with these two-handed bowlers, they track all over the place. We've had some track under the finger holes where they're supposed to mainly track to the left, the middle finger hole. And so, what do we do for those guys? Because they'll have crazy axis numbers. So that's where the support factor again comes in handy. Either going through our reps or even uh, contacting Alex Hoskins at Storm. What do we do with this guy that has a three and a half inch down negative vertical axis? And the guy's tracking below the finger holes. What do we give him for a drilling? Stuff like that, you know? So the advancement in technology is what's really opened it up as this is not going away. No. The thing that frustrates me is what I call the traditionalists out there. Your Brian Vosses or the guys that think it's cheating. They're just jealous they can't do it because their bodies are so aged. We had this talk when we were on the radio a couple of years ago. If any of us in this room could do it and have success with it, we would all do it, including yeah. me. Yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. I'm too old and I'm out of bowling. But if I could, oh, heck yeah, I would learn how to do because? it. Because? The success. You cannot argue with success. The rev rates. are The, the, the rev rate. Right. Absolutely. Make the, the ability fly. to Manipulate your hand more without right. the thumb in there, increasing or decreasing the axis rotation and tilt.
2: Walter Ray says he gains about 20% in RPMs by going thumbless, two-handed.
3: Right. And again, um, when they came into town for the summer series, which was 2013, I was watching some of the qualifying, and the thing that went through my head watching every one bowl was, if you don't have 18 miles an hour for a ball speed and 450 to 500 for a rev rate, you're not going to get a paycheck. That is just, that's what you have to have if you want to be successful on the tour. But let me ask the next question.
1: Neither one of you may know the answer, so understandably so. So, how young are they starting these
3: kids throwing with two hands? Well, Belmo started at five or six. He, he made Belmo that...
2: never changed. He was eighteen months old. They used the ball as a babysitter.
3: Right. His as parents' quick bowling as they can would be my answer. And he just that's yeah. how he threw it, and that's, that's how, he how he threw, threw it. it.
2: And they tried to change him, and he said, "No, I'm successful this way. Why would I change?" He's the one that just kind of broke through and made this yeah. now comment. As, yeah, Ascu was the same way in Europe. Uh, belmo influenced in asia and then they both came to the u.s and then bang
3: and with phil's doing so many junior tournaments i'm sure he's seeing more and more of this every tournament
1: yeah absolutely. well I'm, i can tell you you know Creek, I, I see i mean it's not a ton but i see the two handed bowlers that on the youth side on saturday mornings that are out there uh trying to bowl yeah I, I will say this though with all due respect to everybody involved like i don't feel like a lot of these bowlers are as polished as they were like when I was coming up and in bowling leagues, like it doesn't feel, I don't know. Like I'm seeing well, some of these kids that are like 13, 14 and I'm watching them bowling. and I'm like, Holy crap. Like we were way better than that. By the time we were 13 or 14 and you know, we bowled on Saturday mornings. We had travel leagues on Wednesdays, uh-huh. whatever else. But in our leagues, you had coaches that were there with you every Saturday morning, right. coaching you on each set. There was a coach with you now. And in, in mm-hmm. the leagues I'm in, I complain about this on Twitter, There are no coaches, none. I mean, there are, they're there, but they're up behind the table, uh, or on the microphone or whatever. Well, a lot
3: of them don't know how to teach two handed bowling,
1: correct? So, instead, what they do is they pick a random day during the week. Well, if you want to get coached, show up, uh, and we'll coach you on this random day. And they've got, I just happened to come into pre bowl with Jackson, and they, the coaches were there, and again, older kids, they were there, and they had like a cushion on the on the by the foul line, and they had them on one knee. And throwing mm-hmm. the ball from one knee—I mean, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So, I mean, so they do do that aspect of it. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, I just have watched them. Like, I just don't feel like they're as advanced as as I don't know. Like we were when we were growing up.
2: Right, and a lot of it has to do with the lane conditions and the equipment. The lane conditions back in the day weren't as easy, especially for these these house parents that kind of thing. That a lot of the kids bull on for league or high school, right? That type of thing. And they don't start getting the tougher stuff unless they start trying ju- junior goal qualifiers or, or college bowling and, and the equipment. I mean, the equipment is just so much more powerful nowadays. It, sure, it kids can still strike with plastic if they wanted to, but they don't have to. The lane conditions let the balls get down right. lane and come flying yeah. back. And it's fun. It's fun watching them go. I have yeah. a lot of fun watching
3: the kids just carry stuff I'd never be able to carry in a million years. Yeah. Here's the, the point that you're getting at, though, is the eras of Boeing. Our era was about shot-making and preciseness. Earl Anthony, Dick Weber, on and on and on. Had one board to hit, and they all played parallel to the lanes. Their angles were very decreased, they, meaning they went straight. All you have to do is go back and se- watch 70s pro tours. They didn't swing the ball at all. Re- resin has made us uh, increase our angles. For sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Not only off to the right in the heads, but the amount of entry angle that's coming on the back end this last year we had a young man out of burlington set the uh, set the state record for 867 two-handed bowler out of town and country lanes in burlington 867 yeah that's crazy
2: and it's just it's, so, it's, it's all just part of the it's all coming together and the kid gets locked in for it, the day and he's got three boards to hit watch out it's yeah. just the
3: evolution of the sport yeah. i mean it's no different you bearing up a golf well what about the i can't remember the the uh, the pro's name that hits the ball 360 yards, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, now he doesn't have a great short game, but I bet Who's you that the crowd
1: is that who you're talking about? Yeah, DeChambeau? DeChambeau, yeah,
3: right. But I mean, his distance, I well, mean, yeah, daily brought distance as Daly well. Brought distance, and Tiger
1: Woods yeah. brought the whole athletic Initially, build yep. and lifting weights and all of that. And cause remember, it when Tiger got on tour, the there sport. were a lot of right. bigger, out of shape dudes that were yeah. playing golf. Those guys don't exist anymore. Now yeah. these guys are all lifting weights are in shape all year round. Yeah. Same with the PBA bowlers, right? They're all doing the same type of deal now. And back when you're talking seventies and eighties, people weren't lifting weights and doing all this stuff. No. Only
3: one was Amoletto that I can remember. I mean, the guy ran yeah. like five miles, okay. 10 miles a day. You're right. Yes. That, right.
1: Yeah, that's the exception. All right. One last yeah. topic here. Uh, revisiting the USBC banning of six bowling balls mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> of hardness issues. This was a huge, yeah. huge Deal, and let me big tell big. you who was furious and who I heard from immediately. <laughs>
2: <Twilight> <laughs> over here was well.
1: Hot. It's a, it's my livelihood, but was hot. Hot, Let me tell you.
3: Well, okay, so why? explain, explain, right. explain how this all played out. Well, again, the biggest thing is we haven't had a hardness rule issue or hardness even brought up in the last fifty years. Why all of a sudden now is hardness back in the news? Well, I-, I have a question: Is it competitive balance among bowling ball manufacturers? Oh, that uh, is our precedent out to get certain ball manufacturers. You know, there's a lot of uh, discrepancies out there. That's my point, though.
1: So this is what I'm saying. Competitive balance. So if one ball manufacturer is dominating the market and running away with the market and the other bowling ball manufacturers who let's face facts, they rely these bowling ball manufacturers to help carry the sport through advertising and all this other stuff. You can't have them just fold up shop and go away and it'd be one bowling ball manufacturer. I'm sure that bowling ball manufacturer would love it, but it's not going to be good long term for the tour. It's just not a good thing. Right Right, right now in F1, uh, Andretti and Cadillac are trying to get into F1 and they're having all kinds of problems trying to get an F1 because they don't want them coming in and stealing some of that money and some of that pie. So you look at it from a bowling perspective. That's why I said, and I, I don't know one way or the other. I don't know. But my guess would be is they were trying to restore competitive balance because the other bowling ball manufacturers, I'm guessing, without knowing, were probably complaining.
2: Well, it, it's like it was with the Motive Jackal a few years ago. That was kind of like the
1: mm-hmm. first
3: big
2: throw up, but that was the core, not the cover stock like yeah. these are. And that's, three though. Right. Yeah, but that's 3, 10, that's something where over. all of a sudden a couple of cases of bowling balls show up at the USBC's testing facility. Yes. Test these. Spin and then me, the purple yeah. hammer, test mm-hmm. these. And I guarantee yeah. you, somebody from either Brunswick or Motive, because that's the only other two big ones that are still around. Right. Got a hold of some stuff and out. said, Hey, this doesn't look right. And started jamming barometers yeah. in the shell. And then said, Hey, test these. Yeah, that's what so, I was just correct. gonna say.
3: It's like they're right. all out to get each other. Of course they yeah, are. Absolutely.
2: Competitive balance. Like yeah. right.
3: you have to
1: have it. And listen, I, I don't I don't care one way or the other about Storm, Brunswick, or Motive, but I've learned enough over my course of time covering the PBA tour that these bowling ball manufacturers are the life and blood of this sport. Mm -hmm. And you cannot have it just be one bowling ball manufacturer. You can't, you're not in a financial position to be able to handle that as well as the sport is doing with Fox. And we talked about everything else last week. You can't have it just be storm or just be motive or just be Brunswick. Like these three need to coexist and all get their, their, their money. And Mm -hmm. yes, you should always strive to be better and make your ball better and all of that. But you also have to understand, like Phil said, the other two are going to be looking for any reason to bring you down, yes. so
3: you can get better, but you better do it within the the rules regulation, or they're going to bring you down. Right, right. So, getting back to the original uh, point, they they came out with a ball called the Storm Specter. Yep. Um, it was uh, tested to be soft. So, what USBC does, they call in fifty uh, around fifty of them around the United States, then they do a, a mass test test on, it and then take the average. And I guess it came out at seventy two point six, where the legal limit was seventy three. So the ball was banned. We only had a few customers that we had to replace them for. Uh, yes.
2: Well, it was only banned for like national competition. The guys could st- guys and girls could still use them
3: in leagues. Those are the if six they balls. wanted to. Yeah, Those, the yeah. six balls they I'm could still use them in the their in their in their
2: Friday night mixed handicap league. Yeah.
3: The Specter though was nationwide banned for everything. What? Yeah, that right. was one that's of the what six started calls. it all. Right, and then the whole thing with Belmo behind the black curtains at the Masters, and that was more on urethane, I believe they were trying to look. But again, why? Put it behind a black curtain. It just sends a bad message. If you're going to test Belmo's balls, let him see what you're testing it for. So I agreed with Belmo on that one. But holy mackerel, did things spin out of control hours and days after that? Um, I don't think people realize at home at home listening to this how close Storm was to being shut down and closed. It was hours away. Well, in my sources, the only it's
2: heard. like anything else. The only winners are the lawyers in the whole thing. So you know, Storm's lawyers and USBC's or lawyers got a lot of billable hours. At
3: USBC too. <laughs> So how did it resolve itself? Well, the six balls that Phil were talking about, what we have heard was an out-of-court settlement. They were just an additional six balls that two, two parties agreed on. They all tested fine for hardness. That's why the PBA still allowed them. That's why local events are still in the yeah, Clark never had an issue, right?
2: No, PBA never had an issue right. with it.
3: Correct. So how I knew they were getting ready for litigation was out of the blue, I get a phone call on a Saturday afternoon from some guy in the New Berlin Industrial Park And his words were, I was hired by storm to come up with a ball hardness testing machine. I'm like, uh oh, so he wanted to know if I had a durometer. I said, yes, I do. I have a a dex durometer, rex durometer. Uh, Well, has it been calibrated? I said, no. And he goes, well, then it's not accurate. And so there was a few years ago where someone brought in a purple hammer urethane and we tested it on that. The ball that Jason, Jacob Butroff was using and we got 64 for a reading on it where it was supposed to be 73 yeah. the person that brought it in said well is that durometer working well we took it on a hard plastic ball and we got 88 so i looked at him i go yep i think it's working right yeah. you know so why wasn't usbc involved that's what gets my hair standing up yeah. on the back end what happened those years with the purple hammers why why they you know wh- where was the controversy there where was the fines there because storm lost a million dollars on this deal well, yeah, I, 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 over a million. I, yeah. Right. But but again, we go back to competitive balance. And if
1: they were getting... And I don't know the Purple Hammer story. But if, if, no. that, if that was the case, then maybe Storm never
2: called them out on it. Well, one of the things, too, with the Purple Hammer is that Ebonite ceased to exist by the time all these problems yes, with the right. Purple they Hammer went came out. Of out. The remnants right. of Ebonite were bought by Brunswick, and they brought the brand names and all the other stuff. You're so right. they couldn't go back on that. But yesterday, because USBC changed their hardness rules again <laughs> from 72 to 73... They had to resend the new manufacturer, the Purple Hammer, through to get re approved. Yep, they never usually have to do that for a bowling ball. Usually, if you make the bowling ball the same way, well, use the same cover stock, same core, yep. and reissue it, it's usually just a rubber stamp. Right? You can't do that now. You can't I've never heard this
3: before. It. But again, my point though is why is hardness in the rules or in the news? Why is this such a big deal? Right now, one customer said. So if the specter was 72.6 and legal 73, are you telling me there's that big of a difference in that 0.4 in oh, terms of what the ball is going to do? And I said, no, no not for not. Joe Average, no. Right. They'll never see it. Correct. Wow. Same with the whole uh, weight block with the the jackals. Point, uh, 0.06 or 60,000s on drill differential versus uh, 0.06 0.03. You're never going to see it. It's less than one inch of track flare impr- increasement. Um, so did Moda make a mistake getting it that close? Yes. I mean, because they're still being manufactured. One employee could have just moved the core just a slight little bit and in, in making the ball, and that could have changed the, the differential. But the bottom line at all this is the, the poor league bowlers are so resilient, and they've been through so much since 2015 with the Jacko. Now you're making them go through all this again with hardness and having all these balls replaced. You know, and Storm had to pay the shops to re-drill them and the whole deal. It's just silly, in my opinion, how resilient these league bowlers are. I don't know how we're still holding on as a sport on just a local level because these people have been through so much from our governing body and the rules that are going on.
2: Well, I think here's one of the things, too, with the weird dance that the USBC and Bolero seem to be doing over the last few years. Now, Bolero as part of the League Bowler Certification Program, yes. has their own specifications well, office. It's up at bolero Wawatosa. Neil Stremmel's there, and correct. that's starting to get underway. So now it wouldn't surprise me in the long run with Bolero. Right. It's going to be, you're going to Bolero League Sanctioned
3: League. Just run what you brung. Right. I mean, just but, bring it in. If it's got a whole weight hole, who cares? It's league. Right. Who cares? My comment to this whole thing was this is a perfect time for another organization to start their own certification program for League Bowlers. It's a perfect time because what I hear on a daily basis, this is what I hear every day in the shop. What do I get for my $27 for a sanctioning fee? And the answer is nothing. The awards have been taken away to once in a lifetime. You get average verification, but any whiz behind a computer or webmaster can create a program where league bowlers or the houses can upload their averages nightly to this program. And then any tournament can log in. And then there's your average verification. You don't even need an average book anymore. It can all be done online. And it is done
2: online with Bolero right now with the league bowler certification. You go get any league bowler.
3: I guarantee you, if you give all the league bowlers an option, you're going to, and more benefits to the other organization you're going to see them jump over to the other side very quick huh. because league bowlers are very frustrated with the direction that USBC is going. He's Dwight Albert Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Phil Brylo, $2 Phil. You'll see him on the screen
1: right there. Follow Phil uh, online at Bruce City Bowling. Dwight on Twitter at Dewey300. And you can follow me, uh, Steve sparky Fiverr at Sparky Radio. Spare Time Bowling Show recorded on Tuesdays. It goes up each and every Wednesday morning. When you wake up, you can download it right away every Wednesday Uh, and give it a listen and let us know what you think. Tweet it, any one of us, if you'd like. And and again, it's available anywhere uh, that you download your favorite podcast at, whether that be uh, Odyssey app, which is the 1250 uh, app, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, available everywhere uh, we are. Spare time bowling show, that's been another fun edition. (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody.